This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You in? Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blues Focus Podcast, airing every week on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm Kieran, your host for this episode. Joining me this week, I've got Elliot. Um, We'll start on... One of the more positive notes we've got at first, um, with the signing of Alan Halilovic on uh, a six-month contract. Elliot, your thoughts on his signing and what this could mean for, obviously, ultimately, uh, other players in the squad, Dan Crowley, for example? Yeah, uh, I think it's just another piece in a jigsaw, isn't it, for Karanka? Um, with sort of where he wants to go and, and how he wants to play. Um, I don't think we've got the number 10... That, uh, at the club at the moment that he um, trusts. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed he'll fit into that role nicely. Um, obviously, he's got competition with McGree for that position at the moment. Um, obviously, he's only on loan. So, hopefully, Halilovic, however you uh, pronounce it, will be uh, sort of at the club. Well, hopefully, the next six months will be successful when he'll be at the club um, a lot longer. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of people in questioning the, the six month contract, really. It's, it's the same with, with Terrell. We signed him on a one year deal. It's obviously in with the point to prove you, you know, you find your love for football again at our club, I suppose, if you wouldn't. And who knows what can happen after that. But, I mean, one of the questions that we was asked previously, um, I'll just find it here, was obviously why doesn't Karanka like Dan Crowley really I mean is it a case if he doesn't trust him um, is it his work his workload does he not put a shift in training do you think this spells the end for him in a sense if, if Halilovic can, can do the business um, I don't think it spells the end for um, Crowley I think Terrell is probably just a short term fix with the, the one year um, I don't think Ryan McGree will be here uh, after the season um, finishes up. So I think Crowley will be the competition for that position still. You know, his, let's be honest, Crowley's output isn't fantastic. Um, he's come from a league in Holland, same as Halilovic. 
who's come from playing with here and being. Um, you know, you do get a lot of space, a lot of time on the ball. Um, you know, uh, in the championship, you don't get that. You don't get that luxury. And, if it, you know, even for players like San Jose, it's but you know, finding that out coming from La Liga, where it's a little bit more pedestrian, more time on the ball, a little bit more time to pick a pass and, and do what you want to do with the ball. Um, so, you need players with a little bit more qu- quicker thinking. Um, and one thing I have noticed with, with Crowley, although he's uh, technically um, a good player, um, he does he doesn't uh, he doesn't release the pass quick enough at times. He doesn't find his teammates. I often find that he, he does he does give the ball away at times. And he, that's not the sort of thing you want in a championship. The players that are going to retain the ball, and as we found like last night against Luton and other games so far this season, we're not keeping hold of the ball, um, and that is something that needs to be rectified. Yeah, I think this, like you say, obviously the championship, it's a, it's a lot more, um, there's a lot more about higher pressing, more intensity in the game, isn't there really? And I suppose this, in a way, will show us what Halilovic is all about. Because like you say, he's, he's been in every league so far, he's played in, you know, whether it be La Liga, Serie A, um, that moved for Veen in, in Holland last season. Um and obviously, it's all what we've always, everyone's always talked about what a talent he is. Um, obviously, now it's about time that he starts to really put that on show. If the championship could be what makes him the player he's, he's just set to become in, in many aspects, I suppose. Um, you think, obviously, um, like I said, Crowley maybe doesn't release the pass as much as there's not much end product. Um, a nice player to watch, don't get me wrong, but is it a case of, it, you know, yeah, but you say he, he can't handle the, the pace of it. He's used to, he was came from Holland also, didn't he? And he was used to a slower game and he really hasn't picked up with, with where we need him to be. And obviously, I think there is the fact that maybe Karanka, obviously Karanka sees what goes on in the training ground as well, but do you think there's something Karanka's noticed in his game? He, he just can't adapt to the style of play that Karanka wants us. There's got to be something, hasn't there, with Crowler? Because usually you'd think that he's a shoo-in, especially if you can't decide on your best 11 and he still can't get into an 11. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Obviously, we don't see what happens on the training ground. And, you know, he's he's obviously not... He's obviously doing the right things on the training ground because he wouldn't be making the bench. He made the squad last night, um, so he didn't make it onto the pitch. But, you know... I think at the moment, and we said this off there before we came on, I think in terms of the players that Karanka's picking for the first team and the starting 11s, I think he is, he is testing them a little bit, uh, seeing which players that he can actually rely on in terms of sort of physicality and, and then defending against sides. Um, we know that Terrell offers a little bit more physicality in that position if he does bring him into midfield, so he's probably slightly ahead. Um, he, I think Karanka at the moment will prefer players that are going to come in, put a foot, put a foot in, put a shift in as well. Um, and uh, you know, a, a physically more adept to the championship. I'm not sure Crowley's just yet, uh, yet there right now. Yeah, talking of players putting a shift in, obviously we'll move on to uh, our first game to discuss uh, in this episode, which is the. The uh, very enthralling nil-nil draw away at home to Coventry. Um, I'm certain that we'll be at our own place, but 
Um, <laughs> little dad joke there, by the way. Um, yeah, Yukovic uh, again, really put a shift in against Coventry. Um, just lacked that that goal to his name, which he, he probably should have had come the 90 minutes. But it again, he raises the debate of what do we do in terms of a striker? Do we dip into the free transfer market still? Um, people still seem to be under the illusion, by the way, that we're getting Alexander Pato. Um, once it been a month and a half now since we was linked and pretty sure it would have happened by now. But uh, thoughts on that game, first of all, and then your thoughts on Djukovic up front and Hogan, the debate that continues to, to go on. Oh, just a, that's a really difficult one. Well, thoughts on the game. Um, I mean, the positives and pleasing things to see uh, we're obviously limiting size to chances, well, <laughs> um, at home anyway. Um, we limited Coventry to very little in that game. And, and they can be a side that can, you know, they like to get the ball down, they like to pass it. Um, they like to open sides up, uh, keep the ball on the deck. Um, and they didn't they didn't really get a lot of joy against us, which was which was good to see. And, and we had the chances to win it in the end. Tukovic had two or three opportunities. Uh, that on another day, you know, we could have put one away and we would have been looking at a one-nil win and, and things would have looked a, a little bit better. But unfortunately, um, it didn't quite go our way on the, on the night. But um, it didn't particularly worry me, that performance. Um, don't get me wrong, we're not exactly playing uh, open, expansive, enjoyable to watch, entertaining football right now. But um, after, you know, shipping three goals to Bournemouth, a couple of goals to Wickham, stupidly, um, it was nice to see us, you know, limit a side to basically, what was it, one chance in the end, I think they had in the second half. They were sort of they had one chance for on goal, Efridge blocked it, and that was it, really. Yeah, Efridge is, obviously, we'll discuss a bit more about Efridge when we touch on uh, last night's game. But yeah, I mean, you compare that again, we draw comparisons to <clears throat> Petlitet's. Um, Rain, if you will, last season. Obviously played Coventry <laughs> home and away in the cup. And um we were fortunate to get anything out of that tie. We should have been out of it um after the first game, let alone get the replay and, and what have you. But compared to this season, under Karanka on a whole new um squad of players, really. But you see the differences, don't you, again, in the way we approach the game the way we you know we we managed it in the 90 minutes I think we looked fairly solid defensively um again it's just a case of we just we just lack that finishing touch that that little spark to to make something happen when when you're watching it thinking nothing's going to happen we don't really have that do we at the minute no, we don't. Um, I think, I think, I don't know. I mean, it's clear to see by everybody at the moment um, that Franco is is still trying to trying to sort the, the back the back of the, the the base of the side out, shall we say? You know, we've got like we said, you know, we touched on Efridge, got an exceptionally good goalkeeper now. Um, we've predominantly got the same defence as the you know as last season and and the, the side that was so poor after lockdown 
Um, so there's definitely been improvements there. There's obviously been a lot of work done on the training ground. Um, but like you say, you do you do you worry about the other end of the pitch. There's just not a lot of uh, you know, there's not a lot of end products. There's not a lot of um, there's not there's not a lot going on at all really. Um, and it's just really disappointing. I think I think in terms of players like Bella Sanchez when they are playing, they are obviously being asked to do a bit more of a defensive job. On, on you know, they're obviously being asked to sit a little bit deeper than they probably would, you know, otherwise like to. Um, but yeah, it's you know, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty certain that what we're seeing at the moment won't go on throughout the entire season. It's just the moment. That the team is a work in progress at the moment. Well, we, we, we've touched on it on previous episodes. We've touched on it before we've come on air. It's a case that he doesn't know his strongest 11, does he? He doesn't know his favoured formation with us yet. It keeps changing. Um, it does. He, he's still, as you said, assessing who's going to be there mm. in the long term. Um, again, there's, there's obviously going to be some outgoings in January. You'd have thought, um, and then probably some more incomings as well. Um, but the one player again, I, I want to touch on, and we talk about obviously up front is, is Jukovic, and he's again he's been criticised on social media this past week or so. Um, but what he brings to the squad is just much more than just a finishing touch on the end of a cross, isn't it? Um, his build of plays, the way he holds the ball up is just the absolute shift he puts in. <clears throat> he ran into the post against Coventry and, and just shrugged it off, got up and carried on running round. So if that doesn't tell you exactly why he's in Karanka's starting eleven at the minute, then I suppose um, it, you've got no chance of understanding the Abbey, really, if you don't realise that. But do you agree with, with some, any of the criticism at all? Do you think it is time to start slowly bleeding him out of the side? I, I understand the criticism when it comes to playing Djokovic in a system where we're playing five at the back and he's isolated. Um, I can completely understand where supporters are coming from. You know, we don't, you know, he, he doesn't offer any outlet in terms of, in terms of pace. Um, but at the moment, I think he's undroppable in terms of what he offers, you know, with the, the, you know, he puts an absolute shift in, he puts 110% in, he's, he's reliable, you can trust him, he'll do his job to, to the letter, he's, he's good in, in the opposition box in the air and he's good in our own box in the air, so he offers that as well. Um, he offers so much that people don't actually see so many small, so many little things. And, and, and like we saw, uh, you know, when we played Norwich and we played Hogan up on his own, you know, Hogan was just as, um, you know, he found it just as difficult um, as someone like Djokovic. Um, and we probably could have benefited more from having Djokovic in that game, someone to, to aim for, a target man, to bring other players into play in that game. And that's that's basically what he, he brings. I, I think... I haven't got a problem with Djokovic playing. We just need to get the right players around him. At the moment, we're we're not doing that. Yeah, I mean, you, you saw Hogan play up front against Norwich on his own, and, and he, he brought a lot less to the game than what Djokovic does when he does the exact same role. Obviously, two completely different players, of course, but um, again, it just shows 
just what he brings to the side. And then moving on to last night's game, then. Um, Djokovic obviously gets himself on the score sheet, another set piece. Um, another performance that isn't really going to stand out come the end of the season. Um, but another point on the board all the same, I suppose. It's a way we've got to look at it at this point. Uh, yeah, it's all on the... Honest, the performance was, was not great. Um, L- Luton are a good side this year. They're not, they're not mugs. They're, they're above us in the table. I'm pretty sure they'll finish between sort of 12th and 15th. Not a problem. They won't be sucked into a relegation battle this year. Uh, well, end of end of this season. Um, they've got some useful players. Um, they can put. I mean, looking at some of their results, they've they they've beaten some good sides. More so away from home. At home, they sort of tend to sort of hold sides to draws, uh, like last night. Um, on another day, we probably could, like we said before, we could have lost that game three or four one easily, no problem. Um, but then at the same time, we could have won it right at the end, uh, just a little, just lacking in quality with that finish. Uh, we'll get on to that in a minute. But um, in terms of the actual starting lineup, when I saw it, I was I wasn't I wasn't infused at all. Uh, what we say, five defenders, um, three sort of two, or two defensively minded, and, and one sort of a box to box player and guard. Now he's he's not particularly an, a massively offensive player, so. It was disappointing to see so many sort of uh, defensive players on the pitch starting a game. But but I think in Karanka's in Karanka's defence, he would rather end a game with more attackers than finish a game with with more defenders. If that makes sense. Um, so I think if we would have got away with one nil with 20 minutes to go, he could have then assessed it. But unfortunately, Luton got the equaliser. Well, could have had more. Um, so they didn't play very well last night. Yeah, I mean, one thing to notice from the, the game last night, and is, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Efridge, um showing exactly why yeah. uh, a brilliant keeper is, is a necessity in the championship. Um, maybe could be unhappy with, with their equaliser, but then from then on in, it was, uh, well, I'll say it. Uh, well, just a brilliant performance, wasn't it? Really, um, top quality saves and um, arguably deserved man of the match from our side, I think. But and then the other thing, as you mentioned, was Sonic's chance at the end um, in on goal. Not really the play you want in that situation, is it? Well, we were saying beforehand you got to play a clean for on goal with a well, two minutes from the end of the game, who would you who would you prefer? When you start to struggle to think of names, unfortunately. But um, Sanjic, yeah, I mean, he's that's not his, unfortunately that's not his game. He's not he's not a, not a finisher. I know he's scored a couple of long ranges, but um, you know I don't think you know close in. He's not he's not a finesse player. Um, but yeah, it was really disappointing. He didn't just slide that into the bottom corner. I think just throughout the pitch, unfortunately, last night um, we were just second best. Um, Luton were first to all the balls. They were they were tidier on the deck. Um, and Karanka said it at the end. You know, he said 
he set the team up as he set it up, you know, and they didn't follow, they didn't follow all the, basically, they didn't follow all the instructions to the letter and, and they didn't keep, they didn't keep the ball. They just couldn't keep the ball. And, and this is professional footballers we're talking about. You know, if, if you can't do the basics, you know, you can't, you can't regain possession and keep a football, you are going to struggle. Um, and that's basically where we're at at the moment. I think we looked a bit better when the players came on. Uh, you know, Bella came on, Sanchez came on on the hour, and then Bella came on with 15 minutes to go, and we reverted to a 4-2-3-1. Uh, but like we said before we came on, if we'd have started with that formation in that side, you know, and, and we were 2 or 3-0 down, uh, which we could have easily been, you know, there would have been criticism. Why did we start so offensively? Um, so it was. It's a really difficult one last night. I really, I, don't, I didn't know what to make of it. Make of it. Uh, personally, just I know we've got, and we say it all the time on the show. You know, got to give it time. We just know strongest eleven and stuff. I just want to see one game where we really, you know, lets the creative players do what they do best don't worry about you if you're playing with say a 5-3-2 no, 5-2-3 sorry and you've got Duke with Sanchez and, and Bella or, or Lecco or whoever else flanking him you've got to let them free just do what they know to do and that's attack run at players beat their man put a cross in the box you know and Duke will obviously be on the end of it all the time but to go out against Luton and, and have your keeper seven defensive minded players and then one player that you wouldn't really say is a defensive or offensive player he's just a bit of an all-rounder really isn't he Gardner and then you've got two players out there to do the creative jobs and one of them is a target man so you've got one player to do all of that attacking groundwork in a sense really because you're not going to get much creativity out of San Jose and Sunic or Gardner. So you're leaving it to, was it Bella last night, I think, with him? Um, it just doesn't work, does it? It, no, it, it doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. Like say, like, you know, when I saw Gary Gardner on the team sheet, you know, I thought, five at the back, fair enough. Okay, we're away from home. Luton, you know, the scoring goals... Um, I know it's Luton, but you know you've got to be respectful. They are they're having a good season. Um, you know, okay, we're going to play two defensive midfielders. Okay, fair enough. But then from there on, you need you need some attacking. You need some attacking flair. Okay, so you know Sanchez coming on with 30 minutes to go, he should have started the game for me, in my opinion. I don't think Gary Gardner should have been starting that game. I don't think Gary Gardner should be starting in uh, in midfield unless we're playing four at the back. If we're playing five at the back, he shouldn't be playing. Unless we've got a suspension or an injury to San Jose or Sandwich, um, I don't think he, he should be playing. Or San Jose needs a rest. And another thing, and another thing, we're playing wing backs um, with with players that are not wing backs. You know, Friendly's not a wing back. Um, Friendly's barely a left back now. You know, he's he's probably more suited to left centre back at the moment. You know, with his experience, his lack of pace now. You know, he's aging. He hasn't quite got the legs. He's been out for a couple of weeks now. You know, playing as a left wing back was is a bit, a little bit worrying for me. Um, and Colin, you know, again, we've said it last couple of seasons. He's, you know, he does struggle sometimes positionally. He does get caught out. 
I don't think his best position is a right wing back. I think his best position is right back and to be more conservative. You know, getting him up the pitch is the worst thing that we can be doing. And I understand that, you know, I don't know what the situation is with Pedersen. Obviously, he's not fancying him at the moment. Although he might find himself back in the side on Saturday. But, you know, last night, you know, I just don't think we've got the personnel, and I think you'll agree with me, to play five at the back at the moment. It's got to be a straight four at the back. Um, if he wants to play a bit more defensively, he can play the three defensive midfielders across the front of the, the back four uh, and then play two wider players that can come back into a bank of five. You know, if he wants to play defensively. But no, I'm not, I'm not keen on this three at the back with wing-backs. Well, you can take that right back to the time when we appointed Zola and the idea was five at the back and we signed players to play five at the back, you know. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Cater, um, NCU at right wing back, and we still couldn't play five at the back. Yeah. Because it just, for whatever reason, it does not seem to suit us. It's never worked for us. We haven't got the the capabilities in the squad. And and quite frankly, Karanka hasn't signed players to facilitate five at the back either. Um, you know, it's... So it's and he and he's known for playing a four two three one as well. So he's straying away from what he knows in order to do this five at the back with players that just don't fit in there. Like you say, Colin, he wonders off whenever he wants. So should he is he best off in a back four or a back five? Uh debatable for either at the minute, really. I like Colin, don't get me wrong, but if you're setting up to be defensively solid um, in every game and, and, and as you said earlier you're tasking them go out there and keep a clean sheet that's your job for the day and you've got Colin um, up in no man's land and we're being counted on he's no help is he but then your option Dakers Cogley is a, uh, a week in week out championship right back I don't think he is at this moment in time he has the odd good game uh, he's, he's fantastic against uh, Preston was it if I remember all um, but um, that, yeah, that's that. Left side, Pedersen. I don't really know what Pedersen's best position is. I think he's got all the makings of a, a solid, a bit like George Friend, a solid left sided centre back and could arguably do that in a three. But you put him on that left side, he just, again, he's like Colin, he, he, he gets caught forward or. He's, you know, it's, it's out of position. He's a bit, duck, bit clumsy in that sense. And he just hasn't got the pace if we get counted on again. Uh, I still don't like the thought of Roberts being in from the start. I think he just injects panic with whoever he's playing with, although he has come on leaps and bounds, as has Harley Dean since last season. Um, but all in all I I still I look at that defence whether it's a four or a five and I think I don't really have with the exception of Everidge and and Clark Salter I don't have going to a game of confidence that we're going to keep clean sheet not even under Karanka Luton should have had four or five last night realistically they had the chances we can't be hard done by the fact that Sunjic missed that chance at the end. 
uh, we shouldn't have been in the game at that point. We've got Ifrish to thank for that. So it's obvious that it's still a work in progress and it is still a, a building job for Karanka and it will be for a couple of windows still yet. But I just want to see the obvious work that he's putting on the training ground finally come into the forefront in games because I still think we look defensively very shaky. Five isn't the way to go for me. I think, I think we're both agreed on that. I think I think a lot of supporters will agree with us on that as well, that five at the back doesn't work with the personnel that we have in the squad. So, you know, if you're going to play five at the back, you need two wing-backs that can get up and down the pitch very quickly. And we don't have that. So we're best suited to playing four at the back if you want to go defensive, you can play three defensive midfielders and then two, like I said earlier, two two wingers in Sanchez and Bella to sit a bit deeper, unfortunately, to, to provide that five in front of the defence. The other thing I think as well, when you look at five at the back and teams that make it work, you know, or, or, you know, players that can make that sort of thing work. I mean, yeah, it's easy to say that you, you, the world's best and ideal pair of wing-backs is obviously Robertson and, and Alexander-Arnold at Liverpool. Now, obviously, we're dreaming if we think a player of that quality will be a Blues in our lifetime. But if you look at what they bring to the side, defensively, Robertson's very solid. Trent can get caught out at times. But you look at the end product they bring, the sheer number of assists, chances they create, um, their their ability on the ball, the pace, the positioning, it's all there. The, the, all the makings of, of some of the world's best fullbacks or wingbacks. And you think no matter how much effort and time you put into developing uh, a Maxim Collan or a Christian Pedersen, or, they're never going to give you the, the whole package in what you'd look for in a, in a quality wingback. I don't want to compare yeah. the two of them, obviously. Look, Pedersen and Robertson, for example, there's no debate that Pedersen's obviously the better player. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's they're, they're, they're the prime example as what you'd want from a, a modern-day wing-back. And, of course, but and, you know, Pedersen hasn't got, the end, hasn't got an end product. I don't think I've ever... When was the last time? I think the last really decent quality crossing... I've seen from one of our fullbacks it was probably from Seddon last season for Pedersen's goal on the opening day, and even that I think was a bit of a miss hit. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> best, uh, I mean, the best delivery I saw last season was Seddon's um, when he set up Jimenez. Well, that was one of the best through balls oh, I think I've ever, ever, ever seen. It was incredible. What a great ball! He'd be a great little player for the club. When, it, when he comes back from his loan, and, and we've said it earlier that, you know, this isn't going to be a season, but next season could be his real breakthrough season with the club, fingers crossed. But well, you know, just what you were alluding to earlier with, you know, players like uh, Alexander-Arnold, you know, Alexander-Arnold's not a defender. You know, Alexander-Arnold just plays a right back. But I tell you, the, the, what makes these players good is the players around them as well and the unit that Liverpool are. You know, you know when Alexander-Arnold goes up the pitch, He's got Henderson, he's got Thiago, he's got um, I think Fabinho. They just slot straight into his position and they do, the, they do that job, that defensive job so well. They've got, that's why they have so much freedom, Liverpool, when they play, you know, because they've got so, so much quality through the middle of their, te- through the middle of their team. And, uh, and let's go back to the Luton game. You know, why is he playing five at the back? 
And he alluded to it after the game that they've got a narrow pitch. So, you know, Luton are probably not going to attack down the wings. So they're going to try and play through the middle. So he wanted to probably nullify the space, uh, close, out, close out the gaps a little bit more. You know, if he's got three centre-backs and he's got three defensive midfielders sat in the middle of the park, Luton are going to find it tough. And, uh, you know, as it, as it happened, they scored from the corner. And when, you know, in the second half, when we got a bit more ragged and we changed shape, they did get through the middle and, and um, twice. Uh, Efrich had to pull off world-class days. In one of the one of the chances they had, they just uh, one player just ran inwards and just kept running and running and, and no real attempt to stop him. Yeah, <laughs> I think that. But I think that's what Karanka was worried about. I think that's what you know. Karanka, he, let's be honest, and I think a lot of supporters are saying it. Maybe Karanka is trying to be a little bit too clever for his own good at the moment. He's very, he is very tactical. Probably analysed Luton and probably thought they play through the middle quite a lot. You know, they don't utilise the width as much. Um, if I don't pack that space out, we could get play through. Um, you know, had we lost that game last night, 3-0, the knives, I think the knives would have been out. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, well, the knives are bloody out anyway, on the, according to some people, aren't they? Which brings us nicely then, following on from Luton. So we've started to do a three-word review. Um, uh, you're laughing. You... <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> so I decided to trawl through and I've picked five or six of my favourite ones because um, some of them I like. I think they're very serious and, and very good points. And some of them, or, or one of them in particular, which you will know straight away, is just insane. So, first one we've already touched on, lacking midfield creativity. Um, obviously, I feel that three-word review isn't just suited to last night's game. You can, you can put that on any game this season and, and you've got yeah. a point. Uh, stop missing sitters. Another thing that we've, we've touched on tonight. So, um, another thing that we've just discussed, someone put strange tactics again. We had think, someone. Oh, gone. As I say, I think I think we sort of answered the tactics question. You know, I know, I know that we shouldn't be setting. I know, I know that our supporters don't want to hear that we're setting up to counter. Uh, you know, a side like Luton, but um, you know, if you get in the real world, unfortunately, we were the worst side in the championship uh, post lockdown. So, you know. Trying to go there and nullify Luton is pretty much the position we're in at the moment. Someone put not enough progress. Mm. Well, we're. I, well, thought, you'd, I well, thought you'd like that one. Uh, not enough progress. I mean, you know, it's a difficult one. This season is going to be a work in progress. Fingers crossed we won't end up with any last day drama. You know, if we finish around where we are at the moment or, you know, sort of top half of the bottom half, shall we say, um, that will be progress as far as I'm concerned. And then we can look ahead to next season. Final one that I've cherry-picked for tonight's three-word review is... Uh, this is I'm going to even shout out the person who's put this because they've really... Um, made this worthwhile 
I must not game. This was at Kingsheath Blues on Twitter, who said in capital letters, so they're obviously very adamant that it's the truth. They put Spanish Steve Cottrell. Who, to be honest, I thought we had as manager last season, not this season, for a start. I also believe if it was Spanish Steve Cottrell, we'd be bottom of the league now. Steve Cottrell didn't have a clue, did he? He didn't know tactics. He didn't know... I mean, we, we, we laugh and joke. Current still don't have his strongest eleven. Um, but I think, let's be honest. I think Steve Cottrell took about thirty games to get to fifteen points, didn't he? So you know, I don't think it's quite that bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like any support at the moment. I'm not enjoying watching this at the moment. It's pretty bad. But you know, it is what it is at the moment. If if it's still the same this time next year, then uh, yeah, I might be saying the same thing. <laughs> Another things that we've done this week is we're doing this shirt giveaway for anyone who predicted the correct results uh, for last night's game. And big announcement about the shirt giveaway. Uh, there was no winner. So that rolls over to next episode. Um, so make sure you tweet us at Blues Focus and get your predictions in for the Millwall game. Uh, Elliot's gone for a, a favourable 2-0 defeat. <laughs> um, <laughs> I personally I'm more optimistic so I'm going with 1-0 to Millwall <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see how that plays out um, I mean that's, that's that's all we've got time for this week really um, we don't want to depress ourselves too much more um, before Saturday's game so one thing we will say obviously the news that broke um, earlier this afternoon well later this afternoon or this evening was the news that um, Diego Maradona's passed away um, very sadly obviously one of the greatest players to ever play the game um, 60 years of age with an apparent heart attack What's great looking through social media is that, and, and I've seen someone tweet the same thing as well, is that there's none of these tweets saying, oh, he scored X amount of goals, he's done this, he's done that. Everyone's just tweeting clips of him having a laugh, enjoying the football, enjoying playing football, enjoying training. And, and that's what the game's all about, isn't it? You know, it's getting the enjoyment out of it. You don't see that this much nowadays and obviously Maradona's name will live on for a long long time won't it but yeah end on end on that shall we I think very fitting so rest in peace Diego and Maradona uh, that's about all we've got time for tonight as well Elliot thank you for joining me on this episode um, get you back on after the Millwall game to see which one of us two wins the shirt <laughs> Yeah, until then, um, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like the video, get your questions on the social medias at Blues Focus Pod, and we'll get them in on next week's show. And again, after the game, get us your free word reviews and we'll read the best ones out. Until then, thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.